What's going on? Sunday, October 9th. Williams and Bloom Podcast here on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. Of course, we are presented by Mechdyne. Mechdyne Corporation. Shout out to uh, our friend Chris Clover and all of our friends at Mechdyne. I saw, um, so I, I did what you do all the time now. I, 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 I kind of take one day a year where I like to sit in the stands with my kids. Yeah. Do all that. And I see all these um, students walking around. I'm like, you know, you idiots should call Mechdyne and get an internship. Get an inter- that, yeah. It's a paid internship. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Go to mechdyne.com. You're not idiots. I'm kidding. Yeah. Uh, they wouldn't want you if you're an idiot. Yeah, projecting. Yeah. If you're listening to this, you're above above most of your peers. Yeah, no, it was cool. Thanks to everybody who stopped over and said hello. We were flying the Cyclone Fanatic flag, so we were. It, it, was, it was pretty an cool. Fun a plus day. tailgating day. Oh, I would say. Yeah, almost perfect. It was amazing. Tell the, the games. The, well, the energy was not that the energy was really good. You know, at times this year, I don't think the energy was great to start the game. I thought it was yesterday. No, I thought I it was people fantastic. were pretty amped up. Beautiful, beautiful night. Yeah. Um, the. Uh, the atmosphere is fun with Kansas State because there's a lot of Kansas State fans there, and it you know it feels you know a little family type. Yeah, like, largely respectful. A. Yeah, I didn't go, I don't get the vibe from you know like I was in town. Or it's almost like a anger. And, it's very hostile. Yeah, you're waiting for a fight to break out. It didn't feel that way to me in the stands. Uh, but shout out to Mechdyne, our presenting sponsor. We couldn't do anything that we do here. At Cyclone Fanatic without our sponsors and also our premium subscribers and Patreon members. We appreciate you as well. Well, let's dig right. Let's get right to it. Uh, just a ton to analyze uh, with football right now. Where I'll start here, Bloom. You know, it just feels to me like um, a little perspective. You wake up today, and I, I couldn't, I didn't sleep well last night. I think I got to bed at about three. Same. Um, reading Twitter. And I follow thousands of Big 12 people. It's basically the reason I'm on there. And, you know, if you're a Kansas State fan today, you are on top of the world. Top of the Big 12. I mean, it's a few weeks after you lose to Tulane, right? But keep, mm-hmm. but you are on top of the world. Undefeated in the league. You're thinking about a Big 12 championship. If you're an Iowa State fan today, most of you were thinking, how are we going to win a game? Yep. The difference between those two teams on the field was so minute, <laughs> right? Yet the feeling today is so extreme. I would make the same argument that we had the same feeling last week with Kansas. And they are who we thought they were. I thought that they would get beat by TC. Although the Jayhawks did give up yeah, a pretty good fight. I'll give them credit. Certainly. More on them in our Wiffles Hybrid Big 12 segment. But, you know, that that's what I can't get out of my head about. Just the weirdness of this season, how it's playing out, and also why I'm not, like, throwing in the towel and going to – because I, I do think that this team is going to be in games and still has a – Moderate to good chance to go to a bowl game and all that stuff, but um, clearly there's a lot of stuff that needs to be worked out. Yeah, these are the hardest days for. We haven't had a day like this in a while, right? So I mean, you almost so Iowa State hasn't lost three games in a row 
since Matt's first season. So it's been a while. Yeah. So, you know, that feeling right now is like, like hopeless. Like the, kind the, of, the sky is yeah. falling. And I think it feels a little worse when you, you really can't score points. 100%. Makes it worse. The, it, what is most frustrating to fans, if Iowa State was losing games 41-35, it would not feel this way. It's when you see the lack of production on the on the scoreboard that really fires people up because the most obvious thing for people is why don't we score what is wrong figure it out and the reality is as Matt would say I mean I think it's it's a it's a nuanced conversation clearly Iowa State it wants to score more let me let me run a theory by you though can I run a theory by you yeah and I, I know this is a place where we're not used to lately and that Iowa State's 0-3, especially after the way it started, right? We were on this podcast. Maybe we overhyped it. You go 3-0, and but I think realistically you're like 8-9 wins is, is a possibility. So that when you when you crash that hard, it makes it even more difficult. It isn't like Matt's first year when you knew it was going to be some growing pains. and uh, So we haven't really had this in a while. I mean, this feels a lot like, to me... You know, one, w- w- after a year with, with when Hoiberg made a Sweet 16 and then you're trying to rebuild and it's not going well uh, with Prohm. I don't think, again, that's the extreme thing. But let me. Yeah, because that was a hyper talented team and this one is a lot of new. Yeah, and, I, and, yeah. and there's so many reasons why. Like, you can look at the game and you can point out five or six things why we're, why we're here. But I, let, me, let me throw something by that I, f- I thought was super interesting today. Okay. Right now, Iowa State is 24th in the country in time of possession. Which means, so I think Iowa State systematically is somewhat doing what it wants to. In my opinion, I think Iowa State could score more points. If it would open it up, right? Go mm-hmm. four wide, do three wide, only have the one tight end or maybe no tight ends. I bet Iowa State could score the, score the ball more. I think Iowa State is legitimately has won games this way now for three years of keeping it literally, you know, quote-unquote, in the margins. It's the same reason why the defense is eighth in the country is because they've been on the field seat of 57 plays per game, which is the seventh least in the country. Hmm. So in some regard, the offense being methodical is a plan, right? Now, do you want to hit more big plays? Absolutely. Iowa State's had three plays of 50 yards or more this year. It's one of the last in the country. Like you're not plan, you're not trying to not hit the big play, but right now what teams are doing to Iowa State is making Iowa State do the short stuff, which is actually helping the defense in a way because they're not playing much. And Iowa State's been able to grind out several first downs, but they're not scoring the football at the end. And that system only works as if you're scoring touchdowns and not field goals. And so if you look at the last three games, Iowa State has one time of possession in each of those games, but lost the game. And and so I think the system, in theory, is working. The execution at the end is not. Hmm. And so, three games, 11 points total. The Campbell system is keeping Iowa State in the game. Mm-hmm. It, and, and in theory, will keep Iowa State in every game going forward because that's what it does. I think the offense, in a way, and I know people say, defense great, offense bad, and it's that simple, so fix the offense. I do believe that the offense, in some way, is helping the defense in this way. Like, by controlling the game, by shortening the game, it's making it a one-possession game. And quite frankly, Iowa State's been poor in one-possession games in the last year and a half. Pretty five, bad. Yeah. Five and 15 mm-hmm. what, uh, with spreads at three and a half or, or less under Campbell. Like, they haven't been good at that. But I think the point is to get them there to the finish line, and they're just not finishing. So you can look at this and go, well, you know, throw it out. Th- you know, throw out the baby with the bathwater. Start over. Let's go up tempo. Let's go four wide. 
what are the other effects of that, though? I think you'll score more points, no question. Like, I think if you go four wide and, and have it air, aired out and Hunter's throwing you know, that, deep downfield, I mean, then, that then was, you're going to score more points. That was kind of what I thought the offense was going to be this year. Same. And maybe that's what they should do. I do think that has an impact on the defense. Do you give it a go? You know, see, here's the tough part. It's not like Iowa State's losing games 35 to 10. Mm-hmm. They're one possession games. You're right there. It takes a mistake here or there, and you win the game, or a failure, which has been the case. So Iowa State's right there. Well, so I don't think you can say like, "Hey, this, this, they're 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 so far away. They're close." But you, you, if you're going to play that style, you better finish. And Iowa State isn't finishing. Kansas State got the one touchdown on a broken play last night. Now, granted, Iowa State got one back with Anthony Johnson with one of the all-time oh great yeah, that plays I think that break. I've ever seen in that stadium. Just a big-time effort out of him. Let's talk about the quarterback play. Yep. I think it all plays into this too. Um, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a dummy. Um, everybody wants to like to blame something or someone or what's wrong. To me, the core of the problem simply comes down to Iowa State cannot run the football thus far in the Big 12. Even the Iowa game, right? You only scored 10 points, but you moved the, the football. Ball. They were running the ball. Brock was getting like seven yards a carry, right? In that, uh, and that is non-existent now. It is non-existent. Why is above my pay grade? Um, I think it's gotten into the quarterback's head. Clearly, like I, I just he looked like he was pressing. He he looks like a freshman now. Where in Iowa City that day, he looked like a veteran. Sure, and. I, I just I, I think going forward, we can talk about four wide. You can talk about all that. You go back. I already watched the game again because I'm sick. The amount of times where they're just dropping seven with no respect for Iowa State's. Deckers has to be able to run the football. He's got to be it. more. Yep. He's got to improvise more. That's the adjustment. You got to roll him out. You got to run him more. To me, it's more that than put four wide receivers I out think, there. I think so because here's here's the deal. I, and I'll say it's. I don't think it's just a hunter problem with pressing and, and feeling you know pressure. I think X it's is. A, now. It's an offensive yeah, problem. I think how, they all are. Hunter X dropped two. I mean X drops a touchdown pass. It would have been a hell of a catch. Yeah. On the second drive of the game in the corner, yep. would have been a hell of a catch. And then the fourth down play uh, has it right there on the sideline. Like he's he should make that catch. Honestly, like he well, needs to make that catch. Last week at Kansas yep. in the end zone, right? He's, like he's he's if I if he makes that catch on fourth down, it's fourth and seven. It's at the thirty yard line. There's two and a half minutes left. I would say it's first down. You're in field goal range. I would say could win the game. Yep. And so is that Decker's fault? I mean, it was right there. X has to make the catch. Uh, Demetri Stanley dropped a ball. Uh, you had uh, Daryl Simmons false start three times. So yeah, I mean, I think the, the most easy, the easiest person to blame because they're the most visible, and that's why they make the big dollars and they get the attention is the offensive coordinator and the quarterback. It's the easiest thing to blame. Like you go look, well, that's the problem. You scored now. You scored what? You scored eleven points last week, and you scored uh, uh, what? Ten? What would I say? No, uh, nine this week. Well, that's the fault. Like score more points. What are we doing? Fire that guy. But if you're you're right there, you just got to make a play. Yeah. Like I. And again, I do, is there something systematically wrong with the offense? Is the route tree, is it too long? Or are they running too many short stuff? Potentially. But I, I also think if you execute a little bit and get these guys into some rhythm, which we haven't seen in conference play, I do think, I do think the personnel is still there to be successful. I, I, a couple things. One, running backs, I agree. Uh, Jarrell being hurt 
it was a problem. Like he was not 100% again yesterday. Silas gave you a little something. And then the tight end stuff just isn't working. You had Hannah could catch the ball. Uh, Easton Dean just isn't quite, is not Charlie Kohler or Chase Allen. And so I think the adjustment maybe is you go to a name, maybe another receiver and take one of those H backs out and throw it around and maybe spread it out a little bit more and kind of abandon the two and three tight end stuff. But then that takes away from Iowa State's time of possession mentality of controlling the game. So you're playing Texas, who you know is going to score points. There was a. It's it's a, just an interesting theory that I, I don't think it's as simple as well. It's the quarterback and the coordinator because the way Iowa State has approached this, it is a literally complementary football situation. A couple of examples of smart football people that have sent me like clips to watch, and I got one. I was shown one last week. There was like four episodes in the Kansas game where a hole. I mean, it's it's the Grand Canyon, and the running back goes to the wrong hole. Yep, that would have won the game for Iowa State in that particular moment. Uh, there were four of them specifically that I was shown, which told me, okay, well, all right, dummy, it's not all the offensive line, right? Um, then there was a play last night where Kansas State dropped seven, brings four. Iowa State had six in to protect. Their four beat our six. Oh, the offensive line sucks again, yeah. right? Uh, yeah. yeah. And I'm watching, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm watching these where, hey, Deckers, tuck it and run to the left. You're going to get 30 yards. Instead, he's sailing on X because he's locked in too long, right? And, and yeah, like, why am I telling you all these examples? Because the to the complimentary thing, like, it's just, they are not executing it, on so many levels. And, of course, that starts with the, coach and the coordinator like, there's no yeah. doubt about that but even when it's there as you pointed out there's an overall lack of execution yeah and it's it's a it's a like you can't win games like at the end of the day i mean it, it, it's the head coach and the offensive coordinator if you're not scoring enough points to win then that's that's who's responsible and you can look at all the nuance all that stuff and it goes into that i just i i, I don't think i State's that far away i don't like i don't think it's a it's a problem where, oh, Iowa State's just trending in a horrible direction and it's not redeemable at this point. I mean, Iowa State is right there and you know, the Big 12's a, a crazy place. Chris, like you talked about to start this conversation, K-State and Iowa State have largely played similar games. K-State's won them. Yeah. And Iowa State has lost them. And now who do you, who feels K-State will be in the top 15 um, yeah. going forward? I mean, and that's and just, that's, that's, that's what you're looking at. Go back and see how they felt after that Tulane loss and like, right. I can. So one thing about the big 12, now I think we're, we'll get to it in, in a couple of segments. We're, I think we're seeing a top form in the league a little bit. Um, but I, I still think teams like three through 10 are almost identical in a sense. And there's just, there's opportunities out there for Absolutely, Iowa. State. Yeah. I mean, you can't, you can't look at a game. Uh, what was your, your buddy, Mike Palm on Iowa ever said he doesn't think I or I still be favored in what one more game remaining. Yes, and, the West Virginia. And I'd probably agree with that. But you're also... You're not you know, going to be a huge you're not dog. Be, I mean, this Saturday notwithstanding, I mean, you, Iowa State hasn't been a two-touchdown underdog like they Honestly, are Honestly, that was smaller week. than I was anticipating. Until uh, since 2018. So it's been a little bit. This So this is, again, an unfamiliar feeling. Unfamiliar sometimes is scary for people. But, you know, I'm not a... <laughs> I guess I'm, I'm not as 
overreactionary watching that. Obviously, it's got to get better offensively. But I do think the defense is good in some light because of the way Iowa State's approaching the game. Maybe that's the wrong approach. Uh, maybe they should just open it up and air it out and put the defense on the field more, and and we'll see if that impacts them. But but uh, you know, at the end of the day, you you, you got to score one more. You got to score more points regardless. Feel bad for my buddy Ray uh, from Farm Story Meats. Yeah, so he give away those meats. Well, he's trying to give away meat every time that the the Cyclones win, and they haven't won I'll for a while. Uh, but I want to give him a shout out at FarmStoryMeats.com. One of my, did you eat those brats I gave you? I did. Phenomenal, weren't Fantastic. they? Those cheddar brats. Cheddar brats, like legit. I like to go to farmstorymeats.com. Uh, you hit the meat shop. You can get these subscriptions. So, like, whatever your family likes. They got, you know, they got everything from chicken to pork to beef, steaks, whatever. And uh, they and they even got eggs. And they'll come to you there and be you delivered to your house. Like a, you go to Amazon, right, and you have a subscription. You can do that with farmstorymeats.com, all farms right here in Iowa. We are avoiding the middleman, and you're just going straight from Farm Story Meats to your doorstep. Great local company, young guy, uh, works at Iowa State, Iowa Stater. Let's support him, farmstorymeats.com. Same with our friends at Gravitate Coworking. Check them out today at gravitatecoworking.com. Shout out to my friend Jeff Wood, who owns and operates Gravitate Coworking. And they are a, a, a very nice growing company, uh, especially in the tech world and in Des Moines. They've got locations in downtown Des Moines, also East Village, Des Moines, Midtown Windsor Heights, Cedar Falls, and Jefferson. I apologize for my voice, kind of at the point where I'm I'm so run down from the season at this point that I'm going to start getting sick. I, you know how I, you know how I work. It feels like we could all use a bye week. Yeah, and it's not coming for a little bit. Um. So I wanted to talk about Campbell, yeah, and, and his quote and, and the quote, the quote that got everybody pissed off after the game. Totally, and I want to dissect it because I know Matt very well, and I know how much, he he came to Iowa State because of the fans. Like everybody's heard that that story. So like, so why would he make the comment that he made about Jace Gilbert after the game? And so let's rationally talk through this. And so what do you remember? What was the exact quote? Uh, we should probably read that for some for people didn't see it. Hold on one second. It was about, he said our, here you go, I got it right here. Campbell, our fan base unfortunately tried to fry an 18-year-old kicker last week, and our 18-year-old kicker responded and went three for three tonight in a big-time situation. So let, let's dissect why would Matt Campbell say this mm-hmm. and and I'll go on record now. Like I think he probably today would regret saying that. Mm-hmm. He, I just, I think this was a heat of the moment thing. I, I was watching this because of the Kirk Ferentz thing. He's getting roasted because of a comment he made after their game the other night about, well, we won 10 games last year. Right. And so like, this is happening simultaneously and, I'm trying not to just respond with the, oh, my God, I can't believe he said that on either one. And I'm trying to, like, critically think through why would these men make the comments that they did. Sure. And, I mean, if you are Kirk Ferentz and you took over an Iowa program that was, what, like winning one game a year at the end of the Hayden Friday, like whatever. Matt Campbell, is in, in his words, like, what did he – He's called Iowa State like the former laughing stock yes. of college football. He, he has. And in his mind, 
probably and I'm not speaking for him. Again, I'm trying to get into the mind of him to see what what would lead him to make this comment. And I might be wrong here. So don't Sure. Just anybody listening this is just what we do. Yeah. Like it's not like Matt called you and say, this is what I've said. No. Matt you doesn't have other, his phone on during the season. Other things to be concerned <laughs> I can promise you nobody's getting a hold of Matt yeah. these days. Um there's probably one, he's wildly frustrated, right? Oh, like, yeah. Matt's insane. And I mean that in a complimentary way. Like, he's insane. When it's football season, it's all he does is football. And he goes home and he tucks in his kids, and then he goes into his den and he's doing more football. That's it. So, like, the frustration level there is beyond what most of us can comprehend. Yeah, and it probably hasn't been this frustrating again since yes. he started. And I, I do think there's probably a level there of, like, you know what? It's not that bad. F you, man. And he probably meant it. I don't even know what the question was, to be honest. He clearly wanted to get that off of his chest. And he was trying to defend his player. His choice of words, in my opinion, not smart, not well thought out. But I also know, and like in Kirk Ferentz, I, I can't believe I'm going to defend him. He did win 10 games. I was saying that on KXNO all last year. I'm like, you babies, you were winning every week. And all you're doing is bitching about, you know. Style points. Right? And, like, does that have anything to do with this year? No. But put yourself in that guy's shoe is what I'm saying. And I, I'm i guessing, and Twitter was awful last night, by the way. Yeah. Like, it was brutal. It was really, really, really terrible. Like, I, it was just bad. It's a bad way to communicate in in emotional situations. I saw two times on my feed after the Kansas game. In my feed, when I'm tagged on it, okay, mm-hmm. to one point where Caleb Grill's mom had to interject with the guy and tell him to knock it off. Yep. Two times I saw Jace Gilbert get tagged with Iowa State fans, or at least what they're posing as on Twitter making comments like, I hope you get cut from the team. Okay? So it did happen. Now, does that represent the fan base? Absolutely not. not. Did Matt Campbell actually see those? Probably not, but I'm sure it probably got to him. Not even those two tweets. Something happened. It gets across to Matt. Matt feels a need to go to defense of his player, and his choice of words were poor, and again, I bet he would want them. That is my analysis of this situation. No, I think so. He shouldn't have called out the fan base. No, he 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 was missing. If he would have just said some in our fan base, yes, then you're fine. If he says a minority, a minority, then but then but but it, it was one, very broad brush the way that he, that quote came up. Yeah, he his his number one thing is he will always protect his guys. You saw it again where he he multiple times in his presser last night said it's on me. Mm-hmm. Like it's he could he could sit here and blame people. He could blame the he'll, he'll always say no, it's on me. Like, he has never, I mean, the guy is loyal to a fault and loyal in a great way. And I would argue the reason Iowa State has had this historic run of success is because of that continuity and that loyalty. I actually think that's been a huge strength of Iowa State. Just think of the the lack of uh, movement within the coaching staff in the last six years. In, in college football world today, it's frankly quite amazing. Yeah. Even in the transfer portal era, Iowa State has not had that many players transfer. It's that love of the players, and, and I know it gets overused, but the, the, the feeling in that locker room where everybody is going the same direction, that's why it's strong. And so if Matt's going to decide, okay, am I going to protect my guy 
or am I going to make myself look bad? He's always going to protect this guy. And it made himself look bad in the process. And, you know, we were a, a, a small part, like a, a, on the lower end of the, way low on the totem pole. But how many times, Chris, like at the tailgate lot, people come up to you and say, hey, you know, love Cyclone Fanatic, love your podcast, love this, you guys are great. But what will you remember? You remember the the, the, pe- the, the people who sent you messages last night, me messages, blaming us that we overhyped Deckers and we overhyped this. And <laughs> One guy told me to go and um, earmuffs, kids. Yeah. One guy told me that I needed to go to the Sue Cup and deliver oral sex to the head coach. <laughs> Stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> but that, but you know, no, that didn't bother me. I actually was it's like, funny. God, yeah, dude, but, get a life. So if we're getting, and we're just a couple slappies yeah. that have a podcast, what are what are they hearing? Or their wives and yeah, and like it's, it's a like, small it's, town. It's it's got to be hard, and it you know, and I just think it's to me. I think it's become when you lose, this is a really hard thing to be a part of. When you win, it's great. You're yeah. on top of the world. Everyone loves you. When you start losing, it it can it can really turn on you quickly. And um, I'm guessing those guys are just frustrated. There, as Ben Bruns has always told me, there's nobody more pissed in the Cyclone fandom right now than those players and coaches. What we feel right now is nothing compared to what they feel. And so that was just, I think it was just a reactionary. He shouldn't have said it. And, um, but I think he's always going to stick up for his guys. And for that, I appreciate, and that's why Iowa State has been successful. And it's a bit, I I talked about this. If any of you listened to Cyclone Reaction, Jack and I thought I had a pretty good conversation about it. But like, the fire the offensive coordinator thing. I'd like and, to talk about this. Well, and like, whatever. Like, it's fine if you have that opinion. Like, so, I, I, I won't roast anybody for that. The offense has been bad. The last, like, no doubt. But, like, th- we all want, after these losses, somebody to blame. Correct. And if Matt Campbell goes out there in that press conference last night and says, Tom Manning sucks, I'm going to fire him. Or, <laughs> I, he, we have a... Sh- Shitty offensive coordinator, right? Like Scott Frost did after the Nebraska, the Northwestern game, and we all made fun of him, being like, oh, he's running the, over the bus again. Do we want our guy doing that? Or, like, no, you just want I, – I get it because fans are – they want a reason. Want they accountability. Want, yeah, they want – and I, I get it, but you got to think about, like, do you want your head coach up there? Yeah, our kicker sucks. Yep. Right? What do you he want lost do? the game for us. Yep. I, 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 you just have to think through it, I guess is what I'm saying. And, you know, the, the Manning and, and, thing. And I promise you that I bet Matt and Tom Manning and all those guys were probably there at 3, 4 in the morning trying to figure oh, out what the hell is going on. I, I, honestly, I, just, I know all those guys are wired. It's probably what they were doing. The, the thing that bothers me is some of the some of the revisionist history that happens when you struggle. And, and I'm not – this is totally different from – so there, there's two lines of thought is – Listen, Iowa State's in a way different place than it was 20 years ago. Can't compare it. Like, I don't like the, okay, but hey, did you live through the 90s? That, that, no, that's irrelevant to me right now. Yeah. Okay, Iowa State's job right now is way better than it was when Dan McCarney took over. I don't need that. Like, I don't, I'm not looking at the 90s when I, when I say this. But a three-game sample size in Tom Manning's sixth year at Iowa State, you, you the most popular person to criticize is the offensive coordinator and the quarterback. Chris, who led the Big 12 in passing yardage last year? Iowa State. Iowa State. Yeah. How many people in the Iowa State fan base would know that? Probably less than 20%. Yeah. Now, 
Okay, have they struggled? Absolutely. Like anybody can see, Iowa State is really struggling offensively. They got to get better. And if Iowa State continues to do this, scoring 10 points a game, Matt, is, Matt, Matt will make Matt, it. I bet he makes make, it. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. But you also, you can't just say, okay, it's a three-game thing and and ignore that Iowa State has been in the top three. And not only just because everyone says, oh, you know, yards doesn't matter, it's points. Iowa State's been in the top half of the conference for five years in their own points. There, so There's also an aspect, like, if he does make a move, He's not going to tell us, probably. No. Like, let's say he changes the play call. Let's say he's like, okay, um, Nate Shieldhouse is going to call plays from now on. They're not going to go on the. They're not going to send out a press release and say that he wouldn't even say he was calling the plays in eighteen when we Manning have, wasn't we here. We still don't know. Uh, he's not. He's just not going <laughs> to do that. But the th- but you can't just say, well, man, everything sucks now, so it's got to be that guy's fault. When it's just there's a lot going on here. But Matt Matt is not dumb. Like he's not just going to keep. A guy around, he axed his strength coach, who was with him for 10 years. Brian Gasser got basically relegated and demoted. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's done this before. He makes little moves he, like he, that all the time. He will make moves if it makes sense to make a move. But they're, but my point is, they're all... I think Iowa State could score more points. Back to my original point at the start of the podcast. Iowa State is playing in this phone booth right now. That's how they designed their system to win games, and it worked in 2020. They won games being physical up front mm-hmm. in these low-possession games and just pounding people. When you can't run the ball in this phone booth game Iowa State wants to play, it's a struggle, and it looks bad, and it makes the coordinator look even worse because yeah. you are really limited to what you can do. So either you change systematically everything you do, and maybe that throws off the rest of your operation. It could. It might work. It might be great. Yeah. Um, but then you're then then you know what then it brings in the unknown and perhaps that's what is needed going forward is to bring in some of the unknown open it up throw it around we've seen Deckers be a little mistake prone the, when they have thrown the ball down the field but maybe that's the maybe that's what you have to do the phone booth football will be the theme of next week I can promise you that if you're wanting them to be chucking it forty yards downfield I do cannot you, see that happening do you want to get to track me with Texas no and the, we'll, we'll get to that because I I have strong opinions but that's the on thing this is Texas team what, what Iowa State has done and it has worked is they are trying to be the physical brand of football in the big 12 and in the last five years Iowa State's won the second most games in the conference doing that it has been successful this year to the to the point it has not been and arguably the rest of the conference has caught up in physicality so maybe now it's time for Iowa State to zag yeah. instead of what it zigged really five years point. ago. Really, really good stuff right there. Uh, Psych One Fanatic, Williams and Bloom. Please rate, subscribe, review. Do all that good stuff. We appreciate you guys. Um, I want to give a shout-out to Fairway. I This is what sucks. Like, And I get it. Like, But I don't even put up when Iowa State loses our fairway player of the game pool. Because I don't want, like, people are just going to be jackasses. Yeah. Nobody can just vote on it and be like, oh, it's Anthony Johnson and he made a really good play. It would have to be, you know, whatever. Well, one, one Shout out to fairway. Wanted... I appreciate them supporting us. I did a and a on Twitter on that their behalf last night. Awesome. I, I will say this. There's there's no mystery. You and I would prefer Iowa State win every game. Yes. Like, I, I, sometimes are we over the top in, 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 pumping up or overhyping potentially like I'm always going to side to be optimistic than the other way it's 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 just kind of and, and honestly let's be let's see up our livelihoods are largely tied to Iowa State doing well in athletics yeah like to 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 Absolutely. A, like it, and maybe that's a dumb business decision or career move for us 
to hitch our wagon to Iowa State football and basketball. We'd probably be well. smarter off just calling Mechdyne. <laughs> probably should just call Mechdyne or call Gravitate or call Wiffles and, and work for them. But this is so, yeah. I mean, does it mean a lot to me? Absolutely does. Like, I want Iowa State to do well. And, and, and so it, I'm not having a good day today. Right. Uh, it, but also, I, I have to look at this thing as like, I don't think you can just throw everything out that has worked for five years because of a three game deal. And that's where I'm looking at it. I mean, yeah, I mean, our livelihoods depend on Iowa State winning. I, I would really prefer if Iowa State score some points. And so it's just, it's frustrating to not, not just us. I mean, I'm not just here to just blindly say everything is all right with the world and the, and the, and the sun will come up tomorrow. But I, I ultimately think Iowa State isn't that far away. I really, I just, I just want to say that. Plant your independence, plant whiffles. Um, Dylan. The young man who you sent that, you read Yeah, his, Dylan, uh, yeah. He, I met him yesterday. Did you? Yeah, I met him walking in into the station. Awesome. Er, not stadium. the station. God, been in radio for too long. Into the stadium. So, really nice to see him. Um, I was wearing my Wiffles hybrid gear that they sent us at the game. And I, I was walking around, and I, a couple guys note the, hey, nice Wiffles hybrid hat, <laughs> I which love it. it was cool. So I had my coat on. Yeah, I had some, yeah it's some a beautiful. I, yeah. Thank you for that gift box to, to Wiffles hybrid. Great They've people. been fiercely independent since 1946, a wholly uh, owned subsidiary of nobody. I love this company, and we look forward to telling you more and more about them in the future. They present our Big 12 segment here on Williams and Bloom each and every week. We are going to have to touch quickly on a basketball topic. I think I'll probably do more of an in-depth um, piece on my own later this week about Jeremiah Williams and that injury. Yeah, bummer. I, I think Texas Bloom, if they have a healthy Quinn Ewers, is ranked in the top five in the country and undefeated going into this weekend. Because I think they beat Alabama with him. Yeah. And they probably beat hold on and, against and, Tech. Yeah, and they're for not sure. gonna lose to Tech with Quinn Ewers. I, I think that's the kind of uh bout that Iowa State's in for. Watching them what they did to Oklahoma and clearly there's massive issues in Norman uh with the oh start of the gosh, Brent Venables right. era. Going the wrong way fast. How did they beat Nebraska the way that I don't they, know. they would be the, that's the question? Talked about that Thursday. <laughs> yeah, jeez. <laughs> like, like, oh, that's becoming more and more of of an upset. Um but no, like uh, I think this Texas team is is really good. Uh, I don't the the two loss thing. I, I'll be honest. I bet Oklahoma plus thirty one at halftime because I was like, oh Texas will get a big head in the locker room and they'll lay. No, no. Yeah, that seemed personal to them to yeah and, stick it to them. And I, listen, I think the eleven o'clock definitely helps Iowa State here. I also think Sarkeesian and some of those Texas guys are probably a little annoyed with the five-star culture and all that stuff. And mm -hmm. Iowa state is not going to sneak up on them. Like they no. maybe would have five years ago. This will be one that I think Texas is fully focused on. I think this is a really tough task. I would give anything for Iowa state's bye week to be right now. Yeah. Or I mean, get Oklahoma, but yeah. I, this is a bad setup. Well, so where Iowa state's had success against these guys is with physicality and Texas has been better there. So man, you, 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 be nice to have They're good Brock. up front on the D line, they are. man. Yeah. Be nice to have Brock or Norton healthy. Because I think you're going to have to. I just. I don't think you can out out athlete Texas at this point. And so, can you win? It's it's going to be tough. I mean, they they have played as good a football in the Big Twelve as anybody. I know that that loss to Texas Tech is is weird. I mean, the way they were led by 14 at one point in the second half, and then and then lost it. Uh, but you know where Iowa State has beat them is. They've punched him in the face, and Texas has given up. So, 
has Texas really faced adversity much, though? I mean, they, the last couple of games, they've, they've, they took a commanding lead and kind of coasted. So I think you can get them in a dogfight. Maybe they tense up and, and make it interesting. But uh, this is a big test for Iowa State. Like, this this will tell us a lot of, you know, I, I don't think it's like a indictment on where the program is at because Texas has really good players. But, uh, you know, if Iowa State can be physical and run the ball and, and control the game, you know, maybe – Maybe you can be in it like they have been. I mean, Iowa State's won three three in a row against these guys. Who do you think's the best team in the Big Twelve right now? Don't I, don't say, well, no, they're undefeated. Who's the best? It's team? Texas. Yeah, I would too. It's Texas. From I think a, it's from a pure, pure uh, my two eyes. I mean, the analytics may may say that Texas' defense isn't great, but and they've been a lot better recently. I think it's Texas one, and I would put TCU and Oklahoma State. And Tied I, for two. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I think TCU is really good. I haven't, I haven't kept that a secret. I, and then Kansas State would be trickled in there. At full. I have Kansas is, I think, going to have a rough second half. Yes. I, the best thing that happened to them in that game was Daniels getting hurt because they brought in Bean, yeah. Jason yeah. Bean. Yep. And he they basically ran a different offense, which threw TCU off. And that really sparked Kansas's offense. I don't know. Like, I thought it was, well, guess the point spread. Have you looked at the, you haven't, okay. I saw the Iowa State game. I can't wait till we play that. I purposely be, avoided it. No, well, I, this is a, man, I was, like I said earlier, Iowa State's not been a two touchdown or more underdog in four years. Well, Tech, you know, almost, they had Oklahoma State on the ropes yesterday. I missed that entire game. Yeah, no, they had them on, they were leading in the fourth quarter. Oh. Okay, so, Listen, like the, this league, man. This whole like, <laughs> oh, Oklahoma State like beat Baylor by double digits in Waco. Yeah, and and that's what I just think that you got to have a short memory in this league, good and bad. Because I, but I, I think Texas is a clear one to me. When the, Quinn Ewers is the quarterback, yeah, and because between him, Robinson, and it's Worthy, tough. and Whittington, it's just like, gosh, those yeah. are all NFL guys. So. Yeah. Huge, honestly, I'm excited for for Tampa and and Purchase because those guys have been studs all year. Freeler was awesome yesterday. We haven't really talked about the defense. Porter looked good. In Porter his was rips. really good. Uh, McDonald had the best game he's played all year. Singleton uh, was really good. MJ Anderson's a stud. MJ's so like uh, there are. The, I've still been in every game, which is great. Um, and I just think uh, this is a fun test for those guys. You know, see what you can do. This is why you come to Iowa State. This game right here, okay? Iowa State is, has not been in a spot like this. People are doubting them. Iowa State's going to be ready to go. I 100% believe that. The, for, for, you know, I don't think there's fractures in the locker room or there's some adversity no. within the team. Iowa State's going to be ready to go. Texas is super skilled. Uh, but I like I like the fact, C-Dub, I like it, the fact it's an 11 a.m. game. And I like Texas coming off of a resounding victory. I don't think they're going to overlook Iowa State. But I think the, the their approach may just be enough of a way for Iowa State to uh, kind of sneak in there. And what Iowa State really needs to do, and we haven't seen it in Big 12 play, Iowa State needs, needs to get off to a good start. You cannot play behind these guys because Texas is a front-running team. And if you're playing behind, it can, it can get away from Iowa them. State hasn't gotten off to a good start in a real game all year. Uh, the Ohio game. That's not a real game. No, you're right. You're right. You know, like, this, I, I'm saying like against the real teams. This I, is a young team that... They need they need a good start. Like I'm I'm also the point. It's like I know it's risky, but take the ball and go score because it just seems like this team has a has a different vibe when they're behind. 
that's where the pressing comes in and, and some of the, the pressure. Yeah. I'm, exci- I'm actually I'm excited for this game. It's it's one of those games, it's almost old school in the fact that you know it's got a little bit of that 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 thought seat up of when Iowa State went to Oklahoma in seventeen. It's like, well, nobody thinks Iowa State's gonna win. And t- sometimes those are the best surprises. Texas is clearly more talented from a skill standpoint, but um, you know, let's play the game. All right. Um Let's do Jeremiah Williams real quick, and then we'll do guess the point spread. Brutal Ugh. deal there. A awful, awful release to get. He's such a good kid. I've got a chance to know him a little bit, and I, I was excited for Iowa State fans to learn more about him and watch him play. But now you won't this year. Tears his Achilles in practice. Now, the, if there's any good news at all, he had been out with a shoulder injury. True. So they've been practicing without him mm-hmm. pretty much all summer. Mm-hmm. So this isn't like a huge shock to the system, but it's probably your starting point guard. Most likely. Yeah. And and, and at least the guy's going to play 20, 25 minutes a game. Plus the size. It's 6'5", and playmaking ability. Now right. it's now it's a couple freshmen. Yep. yep. You know, for for the for the growth of the program, not the worst thing, because those guys are going to be good, and you, and you got to play them at some point, but... Um, you know, it's it's going to be Lipsy and King. I mean, Holmes is better right now off the ball. Mm-hmm. Because here's the problem with Iowa State. Can Holmes handle the ball? Absolutely. But they need somebody to score. We all get that. Holmes is best if he doesn't have to worry about not only running the offense, but then also scoring. And so the hope is Lipsy and King can kind of combo effort the thing. Holmes and Kausher can be productive as they should be a score. And they can help out when they need to. Exactly. So it's not. it won't be great, but... Um, you know, I, I do think at least there's some guys that can step in there. And it was going to be kind of a point guard by committee for the most part anyway. Now you just removed somebody off the committee. I have some pretty good intel that I'll be sharing with our premium subscribers here in the next day. Um, I've been working on that over the weekend. But that was just a crappy story to get yeah. on, on on Friday afternoon. Super All right. Let's, uh, let's have a little fun, shall right. Well, shout out to our friends at WebWise. These guys built Always Race Day for me, 712 Media website. Really good dudes, huge Iowa State fans. Shout out to Kevin and Adam at WebWise. Remember them for your website design hosting and a lot more. TryWebWise.com. TryWebWise.com. It is Guess the Point Spread with featuring the always charismatic Brent Bloom. That's right. So charismatic tonight. By the way, shout out to my Green Wave. Took care of business. Got it done. Against East Carolina. When's that jersey Saturday? coming? I don't Chris, know, man. So, Chris Clover went to high school with Troy Dannon. What? Mechdines, Chris Clover. Are they still buddies? Went to high school with Troy Dannon. I think it sounds like it. The pride of Tulane. Yeah, from I think it was uh, LeGrand. LeGrand, Iowa, near Marshalltown. We have a uh, Thursday there. night Big 12 game this week. Oh, boy. Baylor at West Virginia. Ooh. Baylor five. Three and a half. That's a win. Yeah. Didn't play the team at the trumpet. I, but you had sources. I had. I heard from somebody that it was possible. A quote I got, it was possible. But didn't score a touchdown. Kansas at Oklahoma. Kansas at Oklahoma. Wow. Wow. Oklahoma 10. 
Uh, well, it, that opened at nine and was shocking to most people. It has since steamed down. The consensus is six and a half. Oh, see, I would go the other way. Kansas is getting no respect oh. by the odds makers. We'll see if Gabriel plays. That um, was a uh, tricky line, though. I, a lot of people are out here just pounding Kansas. I would do I, that. I don't think I would do that either. Mm. It's just a little, uh, a little too mysterious yeah. for me. Yes. Iowa State at Texas uh, opened at 13. It has since settled at 14. Let's see. Where else are we at here? Sorry. You can hear my three-year-old in the background crying. Hey, aren't we all right now? Arkansas at BYU. What? Is everybody doing doing that in October? Arkansas is going the wrong way, by the way. BYU, four. Uh, Three. Well done. Oklahoma State at TCU. Ooh, we got a big one this weekend. What time's that one? Uh, you always I ask do me that. The I know. I need to plan my day out. Like I the, got the so I get on the Veasan website, and they don't have times, and they don't they don't list well, times. Time, tell your Veasan people to fix it. Uh, so what's it again? TCU and uh, hold on, let me get you the damn time right. here. Right. So I got to switch websites every time you ask that, yep. and then you throw me back. That is a uh, ooh two thirty. So right after I was okay, that's fine. Every you got Kansas, Oklahoma, Iowa State, Texas at eleven, and the two thirty. And so what's the game again? Oklahoma State <laughs> at TCU. TCU 2. 4. Opened at 2. Rock on. Sure you're not cheating? I'm not cheating. You're having a really good week. I'm, I'm locked in. Tulane at South Florida. Go Green Wave. Bleed South Green. South Florida. We bleed green. Awful. Awful team, South Florida. Tulane, 13 and a half. 11. Pretty close enough. Should I sell my? Well, I, that's my dream job, by the way. Set, set point spreads. How do you get that job? Yeah, you probably I've, have to be a computer at this point. I've gotten really into it now. Like, I, and I'm not doing it to make like real financial gain. It's a competition against myself. <laughs> How many units can I go up per year? I'm I'm having a great year. Good. I mean, I'm going up like. I'm glad. I'm going glad up to like. Hear it, buddy. Eight to twelve it's units do, per week. Doing way better than crypto. I gotta like not bet the NFL. That's the key. Cause if I just do college and I do the straight games and I don't live bet it, I'm lights out. <laughs> Once I start live, cause I'm always like, Emotionally oh look at all that value. Yeah. Right? That's my thing. Like I, I'm like, oh, this was the original spread, so I can steal something and it, then I get killed. How are those weed stocks doing? Actually they're coming back. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for asking. Those are a long hold. If you're not in the cannabis game, what are you doing? I believe that's it for our... Uh, it is. What, when's the last time Cincinnati played? Like, I mean, I'm looking for these new Big 12 schools, and I just... Yeah, they've had a nice year. God, the Big Ten West. It's just... Yeah. No, wait. Wait. Temple at Central Florida. We have two Big 12 games on Thursday. <laughs> Temple's, Temple's bad. UCF Matt Rule was there a long UCF, time ago. Big time win. I'll say UCF 21. 24 and a half. That's a tough one. To uh, that's it for this week's installment of Guess the Point Spread with Brent Bloom. Women's Basketball Media Picked Day. first. Monday. Picked first. Yep. In the conference. Uh, a little inside. Uh, we'll be doing a one-on-one podcast with Bill Finley this week. Hey, can I make a public announcement? 
sure. the We Will Collective, uh, thanks to some generous donors who earmarked money specifically for women's basketball, will now be supporting women's basketball players. Big time. Which is fantastic and one of my goals all along. So That's awesome. Um, Good for everybody involved. Absolutely. So a couple of those women's ah. basketball players are going to be um, working. Uh, they're going to be at a charity event this Saturday. How many um, women's programs actually have like collective help i don't know across the country i don't know that um i know some are substantial south carolina actually texas tech is invested heavily in their women's program uh, they're giving every single women's it's, basketball player twenty five thousand dollars a year so that's the competition i would love to do that if we could i mean our men aren't even getting that no yeah God, I'm, I know people are tired of it, especially after a I loss. I get it. I know. But people ask me all the time, okay, if I have this much money, where should I put it? I know you want your parking and stuff. So, like, it, it there's no great answer. No great here. answer. But I'm just telling the you, I'm collective just giving you the facts. The collective for the future competition, in the past 30 years, it was always facilities, facilities, facilities. Mm-hmm. That money will be earmarked for the players now. You've seen a lot of programs already do that there's a reason why nfl facilities right do not stack up to college facilities it's because they didn't pay the help okay or they they had to pay the help and in college they didn't and they had to spend these tremendous sums of money to keep waterfalls yeah okay water water and those days are those days are long gone and it's very complicated, and yeah, it's very, uh, super complicated. But and no, it I just, sucks more when you're losing because then it's like I'll well, I'll say it like, don't pull your donation or I I mean do it you know, whatever. Who am I to say? Yeah, it's it's everyone's I, personal I, choice. I, I don't get give it. to the collective because yeah. of my job. But but. I'll just say the need the need um, the need's not going away from a competitive standpoint. And the cool thing is we've been able to do some neat stuff. Yeah, yeah, you were out with Orion. I took Orion to um, the Can Play organization for uh, kids with some who don't or, ordinarily get the chance to 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 play with folks like Orion. Orion was there for three hours and coached these kids up at the Ankeny Miracle Park, which is a phenomenal yeah, place, by the way. It's a really neat place, and it was an awesome. So Orion, literally awesome game Saturday, and he's there with the kids for three hours. Mon- Mondays their off day. I just want to make that clear. It's not like he was not practicing. So. When he did what he had another great game Saturday, like it, it, it gives me extra pride in guys like that but, that I know are good people and are. Well, Ryan's been cycling for six years, so be able to help him a little bit with some of the stuff. Um, you know, I did the been, sa- I had the same feeling with Anthony. I got to know him really well oh, on the road show, you, and I just I'm, I just I, love him. I just at some point his story will get told, and man, I mean some of these guys they just don't have they just don't come from anything. And so Anthony's for them to be here and is just uh, it's crazy. Really, go back and listen yeah, to him and Xavier when th- those two talked he, about. He him. was living like hotel to hotel room. Yeah, like I, still, he, I think he said like eight people in a one bedroom yeah. apartment or something like yeah, that. He, like, and he's like drug dealers next door, and he's one of just, those guys. When we, we could help him, you know, right away. He's one of the first we wanted to help, and you did with Fanatic too, which is great. Um, his family hasn't been able to see him play. Like, anyway, I know. I'm not, this, this is this is. Pro- I don't know. I don't know what the situation is with if he has the means to support them now that he's gotten a little bit, of, not a lot of help. Yeah, but um, I know that's what's extra tough for me, C Dub, is now that I'm, you know, in this position, and clearly, you know, I want Iowa State to do well because 
Honestly, yeah, if Iowa State does better, people are more willing to contribute most most of the time. But these guys are fighting their tails off, and for yeah. them to not get rewarded for it is tough. And yeah, you can blame people. You can blame the top for them not getting it, and it's it, it's it's not enjoyable to be an Iowa State fan when we do lose. But um, these guys are still scrapping, and they're going to continue. And I just hope for their case, for them more than me or anybody else, I hope they can turn this thing around. I think they'll still go to a bowl game. Man, I hope so. I think so. All right. Um, well, with that, appreciate you guys. Yeah, thanks all. Hopefully you guys enjoyed. Uh, hopefully we were rational. I think we were rational. We appreciate your, your listenership through good times and bad. Oh, wait a minute. I, I forgot. I forgot. I can't fire this up. English comes up later. I did an interview with one of my friends at the Iowa Clinic that oh. we're going to play right now. Yeah. This is actually quite a fascinating deal. So I talked with the doctors, right? And um, this is a conversation with Dr. Wunschel. She is in allergies. And we talk about kids' allergies. Because I'm like, hey... Why do why are all these kids allergic to peanuts now? Yeah, and they got the signs on the daycare. Yeah, don't bring peanuts because in. that wasn't the case when I was. And it's fascinating her answer. I to can't this. wait to listen to this. So that's coming up right now. Thanks to our friends at the Iowa Clinic. Uh, let's listen to that interview. Thank you all for listening to the podcast this week. For week's Doc Talk segment here with our friends from the Iowa Clinic, and I have Doctor Wanchel from the Allergy Department, and this is fascinating to me, and I'm looking forward to this. Uh, talked into Doctor Wanchel here, as I have two daughters that were born with food allergies, and that's kind of what we're talking about here with kids going back to school. And uh, thought it would be great to get her uh, specialty on uh, the allergies and whatnot. And so, Doctor uh, Wanchel, basically. Here's my deal. I have bad seasonal allergies, pollen, all that kind of stuff. I've never been allergic to any type of food, but I had two daughters who were born with food allergies. So apparently, uh, you don't, not that I know of, are there any food allergies in my family? It's not a hereditary thing. What, what exactly is a, is a food allergy for a kid? Yeah, well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Um, so a food allergy does not have to be hereditary. We do see certain things that can run in the family. Environmental allergies, asthma, eczema, and food allergies can tend to go together or subsequent generations can end up developing them. Um, But basically what a food allergy is, is your body's immune system identifying something that is normal and good, like a food protein, but thinking it's dangerous and so making an inappropriate response to that. When that happens, Typically, within minutes, up to two hours of after eating the food, you would expect to see signs and symptoms of puffy eyes, puffy lips, throat closing, head-to-toe hives, profuse vomiting, diarrhea, and respiratory symptoms like wheezing and shortness of breath. Hmm. So, let's say I think that my kid has outgrown an allergy after being treated, right, for, for years and years is that ever really the case? Like, when should I stop having my, my daughters? Because she used to be, it was a dairy thing for her. And um, okay. we've had a couple of scary calls. She's only had to go to the ER one time. Uh, but really doesn't ever have, like, w- the worst case thing anymore, like, she'll start sneezing a couple times and that'll be it. When, I mean, when when do you fully, when can you, full, when do you know, I guess, that my kid has outgrown an allergy? 
So the first step is to officially diagnose the allergy. And that's where it comes in handy to come see an allergist. So we know specifically what we're dealing with. In your daughter's case, milk protein allergy. Mm-hmm. And at that first visit, we would do like a skin test, which is a small scratch on the skin to take a look a little bit closer and formally diagnose this allergy. Now, over time, it is very common for kids to outgrow milk and egg allergies. So we have regular follow-up visits and we watch and monitor that skin response. Typically, if we think they've outgrown, we will do what's called an in-office oral challenge. We don't want you to do it at home, but we give you instructions and you come on in and we have them eat the food in a stepwise safe fashion uh, in front of us. And we monitor and that is the way to formally know whether or not they've outgrown that food allergy. So let me ask you this. I'm sure you get this a lot. Like when we, so we also did the peanut allergy thing for a while and that didn't last nearly as long. Mm -hmm. She outgrew that. Like she, we kicked its butt with the, all the different practices you all do. Like, I don't remember, I'm 38. I don't ever remember a kid having a peanut allergy when I was a kid. I'm sure there were, is it a case where no, there were definitely kids with peanut allergies or is it become like a more of a thing? How would you describe that? It's fascinating to me. Yeah. So we always want to follow evidence-based medicine. And one of the big improvements in evidence-based medicine over the past few years was within the realm of food allergy. So we used to think that we should not be giving kids food proteins early in life and that we should wait. So withholding egg or peanut until they're several years old. But what we realized through lots of research and very good studies is that that actually promotes the development of food allergies. So if we want a kid to not develop food allergies or decrease that risk of development of food allergies, we actually need to be introducing these food allergy proteins much sooner in life. So we work with the pediatricians and family med docs at Iowa Clinic doing lots of education about early introduction, especially with the most common food allergens, eggs and milk and peanuts, to get that in early so that decreases that chance of allergy development. That is fascinating. Fascinating how it can all change. Well, Doc, before we let you go, uh, do you h- how do you recommend like do getting getting your kid in? Like, do you, you recommend? Well, I guess what should people be looking for um, to know if they need to come in and get tested? Yeah. So, if you think your child has had any of those signs or symptoms, or an adult who's had those signs and symptoms after ingestion of any food. You can get on into the Iowa Clinic. We're happy to see you here, either me or my partner. Our number here is 515-875-9450. The first step is just to chat with the patient, see what happened, and if indicated, we'll test the patient and give more guidance. Good stuff. Dr. Wanchel, really appreciate your time. Fascinating topic, and we'll hopefully be uh, hopefully talk to you again down the road, okay? Sounds good. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you very much. That is Dr. Wanchel with the Iowa Clinic. Fascinating stuff. That's your Doc Talk segment here for the month of September. I'm Chris Williams signing off here on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network.